Welcome back to another episode of the Ink and Impact podcast. Today's episode concludes the author summer school series that has broken down the six things every author needs that was shared back in episode 51. Over the past several weeks, I may have grouped a couple of them together and went out of order at one point, but with today's episode, setting up and growing an email list, I have now addressed all six things in detail. So if you've missed any of them, I encourage you to go back and give them a listen. Now, all of that being said, I also feel that I owe you an apology. In my desire to offer helpful information to you in the midst of a busy season of my business, I've rushed to pull together content and neglected the most important aspect, which is sharing it through a biblically-based Christian perspective. The info I've shared with you is accurate and hopefully helpful, but it's also general information that you could honestly find anywhere, including on secular podcasts. When I started Ink and Impact, my desire was to filter everything through scripture and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid that in my haste to turn out a weekly self-hosted podcast in the midst of a heavy writing season, I gradually lost sight of my initial purpose. I do hope you'll forgive me, and I thank you for continuing to listen. I pray that this and all future episodes of Ink and Impact will prove beneficial to your writing and your faith. As the Lord reminded me today, quote, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, end quote. And that's from Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Welcome to Ink and Impact, the podcast for Christian writers who want to impact their readers. I'm your host, Daleen Bickle, and each week I'll help you keep a pulse on the publishing industry, showcase Christian authors and their books, and share ways you can improve your craft and magnify your message. Whether you're a fiction or nonfiction writer, traditionally or indie published, established or just starting out, this podcast is for you. While most of what I'm about to share with you is practical in nature, I want to remind you that our success ultimately comes from the Lord. If there's one thing that he's had to beat into my head over and over again is that it's not about me and my efforts. I can do all the things and go into a frenzy trying to check off all the to-do lists and actually maybe get some of them done. And while it might result in some level of success, if he hasn't been a part of it, it's not truly successful. It's only when we pray for his guidance and give him free reign with our work that we will accomplish his purposes, which is the ultimate success. Now, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to stop stewarding the message God has given us. No, that's not what I'm saying. We don't know who or how many people he wants us to reach. So we should actively continue to share our message, as well as the gospel, to people. And that's what we're going to talk about today, how to establish and grow an email list. So the first practical step is to select an ESP, an email service provider. As I mentioned in previous podcast episodes, the ESP is different than your Google account or your Outlook email account. 
and ESP allows you to email large groups of people all at once without having to CC or blind copy everyone in your Google or Outlook account, which by the way, would get your messages tossed into the recipient's spam folders right away. Another reason why you want an ESP is that it automates everything for you, which I'm going to talk about in more detail in a little bit. So what is an ESP? Like where can you find them? Companies that I recommend is MailerLite and ConvertKit. So if you're on a budget, I recommend MailerLite because they have a free plan up to a thousand subscribers. It's the ESP that I have been using for the past couple of years. I've been very happy with them. It's relatively intuitive and easy to use. There's also ConvertKit and I've used them in the past, but they are pricey. And while they now offer a free plan, their free plan does not include a lot of what MailerLite's free plan offers. So it all depends on your preferences and your budget. The second step you're going to do is create a landing page and sign up forms for whatever freebie or opt-in offer or lead magnet that you created. For more information on what those are and how to create and distribute them, go back and listen to episodes 44, which is how to create an opt-in offer for nonfiction writers, and episode 12, which is how to create and distribute a reader magnet for fiction writers. So these lead magnets or opt-in offers or freebies or whatever you want to call them are important because that's something of value that you're giving to your potential reader in return for their email address. Okay. You need to entice them in some way, right? Ethically, and you're going to give them something of value, whether it's something educational or entertaining, um, just encouraging, you know, if you write devotionals or anything like that, maybe create a couple of prayers or devotionals, something small that's not overly ambitious for you, that's not going to be overwhelming, but also provides value to your readers. So you create a landing page in forms. There are a variety of different places you can do that, but within MailerLite and ConvertKit, they provide templates for you to use landing pages, right? It's, it's different from your website. The landing page is just solely to capture their attention about what you have to offer and for them to give you their email address. The forms are important because that's what you're going to use on your website. Okay. They're those little rectangles or squares that either pop up whenever you're scrolling on a website and reading a website, something will pop up and offer, right? So you, they have the pop-up versions. There are the ones that you actually embed into a page of your website, maybe in the footer of your website, maybe at the bottom of every blog post. So these are all different forms that you can create within MailerLite or ConvertKit or whatever ESP you, you decide to use. There are multiple ones out there. Do your research. But you'll want to, after selecting an ESP, you're going to want to create a landing page and forms for whatever that lead magnet you created. The third step is you want to make sure that you enable the double opt-in feature for your lead magnet landing page and forms. So when somebody decides to sign up and get your freebie and they've provided you with their email address, you want to make sure that the double opt-in aspect is enabled. Now, why is this important and what exactly is that? So anytime that you personally have signed up for a freebie, undoubtedly at some point 
you've been told, be sure to check your email inbox for a message from me and confirm your email address or something to that effect, right? You have to look in your email, you see that, yes, okay, I did sign up for this thing, I do want it, you click the little link or the button that they provide in the email, and boom, you get your whatever it is that you signed up for, right? That is the double opt-in. That's confirming that A, you do want this freebie from this person, and B, it lets the author or the person know that this is a valid email address for you, okay? It's also important because a few years ago, I forget how many years ago, at least six, maybe longer, Europe made a law. It's called GDPR. I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but basically it, it just verifies that you're doing your due diligence, that you only want to send emails to people that do want it, and it just meets that law in Europe. So even though you might be living in America or Canada or Australia or wherever, if you have people signing up for your things from Europe, then you want to make sure that you're utilizing the double opt-in feature. The fourth thing that you want to do to create an email list is to then connect your landing page and forms to a designated email list. Now this might sound really hard or technical. It's not within the ESP that you're using, the email service provider. They'll have a little window pop up and prompting you, okay, pick which email list that you want to put this person under. So you can have multiple email lists within your ESP. So I, for example, have email lists based on, and then I name them according to, the freebies that I offer, the places that I speak, and the groups I create. So for you, perhaps, you could have a separate email list for your freebie. You could have another email list for your beta readers because you're going to want to send them specified information just for them. And then you could have a, a third separate email list for your launch team if you're getting ready to launch a new book. Um, you're going to want to automate all of that and send it from a separate email that would be different from your general newsletter email list. The fifth aspect to creating an email list is to then create an email automation, also known as a welcome sequence or a drip campaign, to go out as soon as someone signs up to your list. So. This is super helpful because if someone signs up for your list, say you're starting a brand new email list, right? And maybe you only have one to 10 people on your list. So as those one to 10 people are signing up, it's, it's relatively simple for you to just, you know, shoot them an, an individual email, right? But when you start having multiple people signing up at the same time, you might have five people sign up one day, 10 people sign up another day, only one person the following day, it goes up and down, it fluctuates, know that, that's normal. But you don't want to each time be independently saying, welcome, I'm so glad you joined my email list, here's what you can expect from me. No, you want to set up an automatic drip campaign so that as soon as they get that freebie, you're thanking them and you're welcoming them to your newsletter and you can tell them what to expect, how often you're going to send out the newsletter, right? If you feel that you can write a weekly newsletter, that's even better because the more often that you are in their inbox, the more you're going to be top of their mind. 
But if that's not something that you can realistically commit to, don't tell them that you're going to write a weekly email and then you only do it monthly, okay? Be sure that you are honoring what you say to your subscribers. So finally, you have selected an ESP, you've created your landing page and forms, you have enabled the double opt-in feature, you've connected your landing page and forms to a designated email list, and maybe you've created several email lists, you've created an email automation or drip campaign to go out as soon as someone signs up for your freebie. Now, the last thing is to just start sending out those regular emails or newsletters. Remember that when most people sign up to receive your free thing, they're also signing up to get to know you better. They want to get to know you. So if you provide a freebie that's helpful to them in some way, they're going to be a fan and want to learn more about you and what else you might be able to provide them with. So don't ignore them. As Proverbs 15:23 says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? So send them periodic messages. Weekly or monthly messages are good. Occasionally, you might send more when you're in launch season or offering a seasonal discount on your book or something. But for the most part, pick a consistent time frame that you're going to be able to honor. So now this leads us to two of the biggest struggles writers then face, which is what to write about in their newsletters and how to grow the number of subscribers on their email list. So I'm going to address each of these issues right after this word from today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by the Inkwell Collective, my new membership community for Christian writers. Are you tired of writing alone? Do you wish you had another writer to bounce ideas off of? Would you like to gain access to regular live chats where you can ask your writing, publishing, marketing questions, and get real-time answers? Have you ever thought it would be nice to join a Christian writing group that also discusses faith issues and offers regular prayer? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then the Inkwell Collective is for you. The incredibly affordable membership of only $12.99 a month grants you access to weekly virtual co-writing sessions, a monthly Q&A craft chat, and 24-7 access to a wonderfully supportive and informative group of fellow Christian writers. Take a tour and sign up at subscribepage.com forward slash inkwell collective. All right, so two of the biggest struggles writers face is what to write about in their newsletters and how to grow the number of subscribers on their email list. As for content, I've already mentioned this, but provide value. Be yourself. Share what you've been up to. Discuss things related to your book's content or theme. Just make your emails conversational and engaging. Ask them relevant questions and invite them to respond. The goal is to have conversations with your readers. Tap into what they're looking for from you and then just generally serve them in some way. As for growing your list, you've got to regularly get in front of new potential readers and consistently talk about your freebie or often offer. Are you starting to see a theme here? It seems like everything we authors and writers need to do revolves around marketing and talking to others, whether it's our freebie offer, whether it's our 
book, whether it's an event that we are going to attend and we're trying to get people to come to it, we have to let people know about what we have to offer. Marketing is part of writing. There's no way around it. So we don't want to just market to anybody. We want to market to our particular audience. Okay. And we have to get in front of new potential readers on a regular basis and consistently talk about what we have to offer. So where can you potentially find new subscribers to your email list and purchasers of your book? Well, book clubs, whether they're in person or virtual, you might consider book clubs. Contact and interact with, form relationships with online book reviewers. Consider being a podcast guest. At the end of your interview, a lot of times, hopefully, the host will ask, you know, where people can connect with you. And that's a perfect opportunity for you to then say, oh, they can connect with me here and be sure to sign up for XYZ on my website when you're there and just give a very brief one sentence what this thing is and how it will help the reader, right? You can also do book promotions and newsletter swaps with other authors and through services. So some places that you might consider, and I'll have links to these in the show notes, and these are not exhaustive by any means. There are lots of others out there. I encourage you to do your research and find ones that work for you. I do know that most of them charge for this service, but it is an option if you have money set aside for marketing in your budget, okay? But the four places that I have um, heard great things about I personally use Book Funnel for my World War II historical fiction short story freebie that I have. So I like Book Funnel. I've heard great things from others about story origin. There's also written word media, and then there's draft to digital. And I haven't used either of those two myself personally, but again, I've heard good things about each of those as far as the book promotions that they offer. The newsletter swaps typically are done through book funnel and story origin, whereas the book promos are through written word media and draft to digital. Another marketing idea for you who share about your freebie is to provide business cards or bookmarks to people you meet in person. Now you might consider adding a QR code to whatever that piece of paper is that you're offering. And that just makes it super easy. People just point their phone at the QR code and it immediately takes them to your website that you've programmed into that QR code, which by the way, go to canva.com and create that QR code. So these are just a few ideas. Be creative and tap into what God's prompting you to do specifically. Just be sure that you're promoting your work to the right people. I mentioned this earlier. You know, if you have a devotional, don't pitch to a fiction book club, right? Know your audience and, and know where they hang out and go to those places and go to those people. Also, make sure that when you do reach or get yourself in front of your target audience, offer value, not just a sales pitch. So I have shared this story before about whenever I was sitting in the dentist office last fall and a gentleman came in, an older gentleman, very sweet, and we struck up a conversation and soon he said, do you like to read? And I thought, 
yes, I, I responded, absolutely, I'd love to read. And he said, great, I have several copies of my book in my trunk. Let me go get you a copy. It's only $14.99. Well, I just prayed that I would be called back to the dentist chair before he came back in with the book because uh, how do you respond to that? That is not the way you want to, A, sell your book or B, be known as an author, right? That's not the right way to market. Instead, what the gentleman could have done was, that was a great opening, you know, do you like to read books? Yes. Then he could have followed up with a question, what kind of books do you like to read? And depending on what I would have said, if it was not his genre, he could have said, oh, okay, well, I write this genre and I know it's not a fit, but it's nice to meet a fellow reader kind of thing. So always be looking to serve your audience. Don't just think about selling your book. All right, final tip. I just want you to know to give it time. Be consistent and allow your efforts to gradually build momentum. This is hard. I know. Believe me, I'm speaking to myself here too. We have to give it time and allow it to build momentum. Patience, after all, is a virtue. I wanted to take a moment to let you know about the new free resource that I have for you. One of the biggest struggles that writers have is determining which publishing platform they should use, whether it's traditional, hybrid, or self-publishing, which one is right for you. It's a big decision that you don't want to take lightly. And there are several important variables that go into the decision and some pros and cons for each type of publishing platform. So in my new guide, Your Path to Publishing, I walk you through the decision-making process through worksheets and a detailed comparison chart that will help you see the differences at a glance. Snag your copy of Your Path to Publishing now by clicking the link in the show notes and publish with confidence using the method that's best for your book, your brand, and your bottom line. That's it for today, fellow pen pusher. Remember, don't just write a book, make an impact.
While most of what I'm about to share with you is practical in nature, I want to remind you that our success ultimately comes from the Lord. If there's one thing that he's had to beat into my head over and over again, it's that I can do all the things, check everything off of the list that anybody gives me to do, and still I will not be successful in the eyes of the world or even in my own eyes. It's only when I pray for his guidance and give him free reign with my work that I can accomplish his purposes, which is the ultimate success.